and so he was doing a uh, Christopher Titus, one of my favorite comedians. You have you seen the show Titus? Yes. Yeah. He so they got him on their on Ron Funchy's show to talk about the show and how he's been doing. He does his own specials. Nice. And puts them on his website. And he funds his own specials. He breaks the Hollywood model. But yeah, he just hit record <laughs> and just got them like pre-talking before they actually got onto like the show show. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of which, this is Jarrell. <laughs> and this is Blado. Who has not been on the podcast yet. AKA Ooh. still here. Yeah. Are you, everybody's going AKA. Murphy's going to hate everybody. It's great. Um, are you still going as Austin guy? Yeah. Is that still a thing? Um, kind of. Uh, I like putting it for, like if we're doing the charity stuff, uh, if I'm doing anything YouTube channel or if I just do anything gaming related in case I want to record and start doing YouTube videos again. Okay. Uh, also, thing, tossing around ideas on doing another podcast, so debating on if I still want to keep, keep it as Austin guy or just have like Austin guy be like, we're just the studio name. <laughs> Fair enough. That's kind of where we're seem to be going right now. Um, where everything is like going to be under under underachiever studios, and then just figure out names from there. I just went with Austin guy because it was like we we were doing my podcast, and it was like a good way. Just because I guess if we ever had the same viewers, it was just like yeah, I just you know, and everyone knows me. It's just Austin guy because I was like the face of Austin guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, seeing as this is a rebranding, uh, even though apparently podcast. Podcast Garden already has most of our old ones. Mm -hmm. I'm just acting like they don't exist. Uh, why was Austin Guy a name? Where did that come from? So when I started podcasting, I was living out in L.A., mm -hmm. uh, finishing up film school and trying to get somewhat of a name and a reputation and a resume built up out there so I can actually get really good, reputable work that pays really well to mm -hmm. live out there uh, and then take some of that money and bring it back here. Yeah, uh, But... There's a, um, a niche group, kind of like a, uh, like what's a good group I'm trying to think of? Um, that, that kind of, you know, like it's almost like how they have like the nationality groups and like certain colleges or organizations yeah. for like sports and all that. Yeah. It's like that in the film industry, but from cities. Ah, okay. As well as not like, not just like your race, but like, you know, because there are certain cities that people film in that. This is the L.A. group. This is the New York group. Like, well, like, like when, if you're out there, like, say, the Walking Dead crew in Atlanta, like, they have jobs out there, so they're the Atlanta crew, but if they ever, say, like, Greg Nicotero gets a job shooting a movie in L.A. and he wants some of the people from Atlanta to go over there, then, you know, they also have a group of people who are just, hey, we're from transplants. We're from Atlanta. We came out here because we started doing bigger things. We're looking for people who are also from Atlanta so we can help build them up. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so there was that group of people from Texas. So it's so there's like a film version of like Chinatown. Pretty much. Okay. And so there was a group of that straight, just pure Texans. And you were either from Dallas or you were from Austin. That's fair. Those are like the two film-ish areas. And so I, that group helped me get certain jobs. But I never, uh, most of the jobs I did, I got on my own. And so everyone just knew me as the guy from Texas, and I just eventually just started saying, whenever they ask where I'm from, it's like, I'm just from Austin. Because you tell people Colleen, they're like, where the hell is that? Yeah, it's somewhere on the map. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just eventually started saying, I'm just the Austin guy on the crew. That's it. Because I was the only guy from Texas on the crew, and I was from Austin. So that's where that just kind of stuck. Everyone just kept calling me the Austin guy on several sets. That works. Yeah. 
Like it it sticks. In in Texas is not as uh standoutish. It's not as prominent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you can become the Austin guy while still in Texas, that that would be amazing. Yeah. You know. This is one of those things like I just do want to shake off and I was again I was in LA and I was like, Oh, if I can just put that podcast out there for anyone here in LA they can know I'm here doing this. I just never want to get rid of it. I still don't want to get rid of it. Fair. So, okay. I have to say thank you because you're one of the main reasons I started the podcast. I was going to say, like, I was thinking about this right before we started recording. Yeah. Like, all day. I was like, could we call ourselves? Like, since everyone else that you've recorded with is like, you know, yeah, they've been here and there. But can we actually say, like, we're veteran podcasters? Because we we started it, like, a while back and did it for a while. Like, really long. Oh, I don't know if we're veteran. That's a weird thing. Um, oof. huh? That's weird. Because like we never really got big, but we, we again we've been doing it for a while. We have the experience to where we can mentor other people, and we kind of mentored other people to help either do shows or do podcasts or kind of guide people like to just do things. You don't need this kind of equipment, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah we had it because we we saved up for it and we kind of needed it because it makes things a little easier. But you. Do it with this. You do it with that. Yeah, we were the people like when I was first doing it. I think each one of uh, my guys had a like two dollar freaking headsets with the the mic on it. You had like the the Xbox Live headsets. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the the cheaper one that came from Microsoft, like just for webcam stuff. The Xbox Live headsets. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, fair. Um, but yeah, like I think most of the people here didn't steal them, but they acquired them from school. Yeah, yeah. Those headsets? Oh, yeah. Those headsets. The $2 headsets. I I still kind of miss having everyone having their own individual recorders. Do you, you still have enough, right? I do. I can't find the battery backing covers to the big bitch. And I can't find the battery backing to one of the smaller mics. Oh. Yeah, so I have to hunt those down because I think my son's been messing with those. Mm. And whenever he messes with stuff, he doesn't tend to put it back. Mm. Yeah. I still got mine, so if you ever come back, I, I'm mic'd. Yeah, I, I want. I've always my dream whenever I do a sh- uh, any kind of podcasting or just whatever kind of show that deals with microphones is to always have like the traditional what I call traditional podcast setup where everyone has their own like C stand and a microphone in front of them. Yeah, they necessarily need like their own headphones like you see on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, uh, but more like the Rooster Teeth one where you can everyone could just sit wherever they want to sit and there's just a mic right there for them. Yeah, and we can get perfect audio. Uh, that's always still my goal, but that closest I got was to those hand mics. It worked. Yeah. And it allowed people to talk it, away. Yeah, you can move. You can do whatever. You still get perfectly clear audio. Uh, you get some weird little jewels here and there. Like someone might take it to the bathroom and think, oh, I can just like stick it outside the door while I'm taking a pee. No, it captures every little drop that gets in the toilet still. Eric, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I didn't listen to many of your ones while you were in L.A. I listened to a few to see kind of how it was set up. And then I was like, yeah, I can do that. And could not do that. They're, uh, they're backlogged on my hard drive. Thank God I always kept, like, copies. Luckily, like, you know, my hard drive got jacked. But luckily, pretty much all the podcast stuff is on Podcast Garden. I just have to... Yeah, see, when I got rid of Podcast Garden, it was one of those, like, I knew I probably wouldn't stick with Podcast Garden. 
I'm just doing it because it's cheap, uh, but dealing with the space that they had, like now we're talking about it. Yeah. And they said that they have the unlimited for $30. Yeah. Before they didn't even have unlimited. And if they did, you were paying like 50, 75 bucks yep. for it. Ridiculous cost. I, when, I, when I first jumped on Podcast Girl, when I first started, I was in their beta unlimited. Mm-hmm. So they gave me it for twenty nine ninety nine. I was doing the the ten dollar option still. Okay. Where you got where I had enough to lo- to seriously upload eight episodes a month. Yeah. And still fit, still have about like a gig, maybe a little under a gig, of uh, upload space left for the month. Yeah. Uh, it was a good platform. It actually it was easy to just submit to iTunes when it was yeah. trying to get it on iTunes. Yeah. And the one thing I really loved that Podbean never had was um, the analytics. Yeah, they still have that. I, I know, but Podbean... I what they're going to do now that uh, iTunes is going to be, quote-unquote, dead, and it's going to switch over to Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Apple TV. Will our stuff just transfer over to Apple Podcasts? Yeah. Hopefully. No, there's no hopefully. That's usually how Apple works. Uh, but it also depends on how uh, Podcast Garden was submitting them. I think, no, it's just, they just... The thing about Apple is they do a lot of things good. They do a lot of things crappy, too, but they do a lot of things good. And so if they're ever going to do anything that deals with how people... Find things? Yeah, find things like either through music, through iTunes, or any other means that's just strictly for them. Mm-hmm. They usually are really good about making that transition of everything on on all ends smooth. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. They The one thing they get is knowing how to transfer over stuff. Yeah, so that way, I mean, like, you, they do a lot of the background work before they release anything else. So that way... Once they release it, it's already just switched over. No one even notices a difference. Like that's the one thing I really love about Apple. Everything else, like pricing, everything for ridiculous <laughs> amounts. No. Uh, I don't think I own anything that's Apple. Uh, so I was totally anti-Apple until I went to Iraq and bought a the one hundred and sixty gig iPod mm-hmm. Classic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this thing is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> and then the iPod Touch came out, and I was like, that's the second greatest thing in the world. <laughs> because it only goes up to like 32 gigabytes at the time, I think. Yeah. And then the iPhone, very first iPhone came out, and I had that for a bit too. Deployment See, money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like the initial run of all their stuff was amazing. And then not so much. I know, but I mean, like that's what kind of just got me to being pro-Apple not necessarily pro Apple, but I get why, what like just learning on them is a little bit easier. Even though the programs that I have on them are kind of universal, you can use them on just about anything. The the, the hotkeys and how efficient they are on Apple on Mac software is just the greatest. Gotcha. Question: mm-hmm. Talking about software, do you still have a product key for your C six mm-hmm. for PC? Okay. Just remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I was thinking about using it for myself. Okay. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, with that product key, you can... I think it's like th- four or five different computers you could put it on. So it's one of those things, like, if you if your stuff gets erased, like, when, uh, when my hard drive got locked out because... Apple did, did not do a, a transition. Well, no, because they, they, they kind of had one oversight that they just completely overlooked. Yeah. Uh, and that was like, you know, have their security thing where 
if you're going to do anything on your your Mac, you have to have a password your password put oh, in. Oh yeah. And then when they switched that over on uh, to Sierra Yellowstone, one, Which, of one of those. Yeah, Yosemite. Um, no, it was Yosemite. One of those national parks. Yeah, uh, they. If you had that activated on your OS prior and it switched over, it didn't recognize that software that complete OS update. So it just bricked your your hard drive. Wow. Yeah. And so what they had to do was I had to take, the, I mean, Apple, the genius bar, geniuses that they are, couldn't figure it out. <laughs> uh, it was, a, yeah, it was a small little PC shop and like near West Side Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, figured it out. I still had to pay 300 bucks to, yeah, because they're like, we have to transfer everything over. We have to wipe your hard drive and reinstall the OS because that's the only way it's going to fix it. Because it gets it cancels everything out that you've done on your old OS, and it, we just put the new OS on. Just rewrite it. Yeah, and so when I had to reinstall the the uh, Creative Cloud CS6 on there, uh, it was like, oh, you have three more uses out of this. I'm like, oh, damn, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's good. But I mean, it's not like I, I'm not going to get it. I don't see myself getting another computer anytime soon. I'm going to yeah. put the Mac part on. But it was, it's good to know. Now I also know how to do all that on my own, too. So if my Mac ever messes up, I can do it cheaper from home. There you go. Yeah. Never going to have to upgrade Steven's laptop. You don't have to. Uh, He's paying me. There you go. He's buying all the parts, and he's giving me a little bit of cash. So it's like I would have done it for free. Fair. Yeah. Fair. That's the good thing about him is that now, even though he hates his job now and he's getting paid, Money I wish I we could get paid, not just me. Because I know if I told you the sum that he was getting paid weekly, you'd be like, what the hell? We'll, we'll, we'll talk after. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's just, and also he's just, he understands it. Like, yeah, I don't mind doing it stuff like for him as a friend. But then he's like, yeah, but I still kind of feel bad. You know, like, I know you're kind of a bind here. Just take some cash. You think Steve would want to be a part of the podcast? Uh, the, the revamp podcast that I'm thinking about doing, uh-huh. uh, I pitched to him because it was an idea I want to do with him. Fair. Uh, I mean, he might want to be a part of this podcast. Okay. Just feelers, putting feelers out in the... Yeah. Uh, we're trying to get everything else done right now and trying to figure out how to do, not do this podcast while still doing everything else. This revamp podcast. Yeah. Because it's a decent idea. Uh... I don't want to like give anything else away in case someone steals the idea. We'll, we'll talk after. Yeah. We'll talk after. You don't have to worry about me. I'll just, if it's really, really good, I'll be like, so I'm on this, right? <laughs> like, I he asked I, if you, he asked you like, should we include Brian on this? I was like, I don't think Brian would want to be a part of this just because of the premise of it. Okay. We'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> we will definitely talk later. Is it about a whole bunch of movie stuff? No. Uh, it deals with drinking. <laughs> Maybe. Mainly beers. Mm. Yeah. That's why I was like, that's the only thing that would stop Brian. Now, he would still probably join and maybe have like a water or like a soda. Or if they have ciders somewhere, like he might have a cider. But. Is it at where I think it's at? No. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll, we'll talk, I'll yeah. talk later. Because um, there are now whiskeys that are that are like stout or IPA or something stuffed. Oh, yeah. The. Was it Johnny Walker or Glenn Fittage? Uh, Jameson does it. Yeah. Glenn. Uh, the ones that you had that we were trying. Uh, so Glenn Levitt has a bourbon. Glenn Levitt, yeah. Has one that's finished off in a bourbon. And they. Because you have the, the IPA. The IPA yeah. And yeah, yeah. Like Glenn Levitt had that series. Um, but there's a few other things. Like b- barreling from beers is now a thing. 
And there are some of the beers that are barreled in bourbon stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, we went to a uh, family business yeah. this past weekend because they were having a family reunion weekend. Okay. I, I, I didn't know. I thought they were open longer than they actually were. But no, this was to celebrate, even though they it was actually this past January when they it technically had the anniversary. Yeah. But they decided to have, celebrate the anniversary last weekend, uh, June 2nd. <laughs> I'm trying to like date the June 1st was Saturday June uh, March 31st to June 2nd because it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday it's yeah. the only brewery in the area that's open on a Sunday from 11am to 9pm huh yeah huh <laughs> okay because they're not open Monday through no, no, never mind. They're not open like busy days. I think they're not open Wednesday and Thursday and maybe Tuesday. So gotcha. I think they're open from Friday to Monday. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they're actually able to stay open late on Sundays. That's interesting. I know. It's very interesting. Because all the other breweries and like bars I know they're open on Sundays are usually like, we got to close at four. We got to close at six or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And this one's like, we close at nine. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> You're out in the middle of nowhere. You own your own land. I don't know if TABC has any strict rules for opening on Sunday or not. but Yeah, we'll get into that. They do. Well, no, <laughs> well I mean for like serving because they don't necessarily sell. Okay, so they, they go into restaurant laws. Which 11? No, that, that tracks. Especially if you have food. Like you can technically buy... But they don't sell like six packs or. That tracks no. That's if, if. Because you can buy you can so the, what, what's great about them is they have a a canning contraption right at the bar. So if you're like, hey, I want one to go, uh, you can sit there and say like, hey, cool, give me this in a can, or you can actually get a six pack of it, but they charge you per can. Yeah. Uh, but then they're like, okay, cool. Then they fill it in the can, and then they they close the can off. Awesome. Yeah, and then whenever you get home, you just. Regular, like, pop-top beer. Yeah. That is awesome, actually. I know. I'm not a big beer drinker, but I'm, I'm down for a visit. But the reason why I also brought that up is because they had, during that family reunion, all weekend they had beer releases uh, for uh, new beers that they're trying. And we actually, on Sunday, we did the first uh, distillery tour yeah. uh, where they actually took you to the back and showed you how, like, the, the brewing process and everything and talked about it. And we actually get to try one of their new rye beers that they currently are working on. Don't have a name for it, but they poured it straight from the, uh, the uh, tap. yeah, not from the tap. It's uh, from the actual. The barrel, the ton, the. Yeah, the that, big that, metal thing that, yeah, yeah. That, where they finished the brew. That big old canister. Yeah. Uh, they, they poured it straight from that. So it was like fresh and ice cold. It was just great. I'm not really a rye beer drinker, but yeah, that was like one of those like, hmm. Hmm. Uh, but there was a, a few that I'm actually like looking on their Instagram because they have all the uh, their beer releases on there. Okay. Because uh, there was t- three that were finished off in liquor barrels. Okay. And, oh, we're actually on the Instagram, by the way. <laughs> uh, we we're, They took a picture of the first brewery tour on Sunday and you could see me, my daughter, and Steven in the picture. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, so they had a water, on Friday they had the three beers they released. was a Waterloo Sunset, which is an English-style summer ale, uh, 4.1 ABV, 
uh, for anyone who's interested. Uh, a barrel aged grackle, which I got to try. The grackle is like their really good, is their awesome stout, and uh, the one of the brewmasters that they have that works there uh, used to work at Five One Two, and he came up with a lot of the recipes for Five One Two, and that's a brewing company here in Austin. For people yes. who are not listening in Austin, and it's they're amazing beers. And he made my he made my favorite. It was his own personal recipe. Is my favorite beer from Five One Two. It's pecan. You Porter. were wearing a blue shirt. Yes, I, I was wearing my uh, my Spider Man shirt, Spider Man Homecoming shirt. I see ya. Yeah, the Science Club shirt. I see ya. Uh, Steven's like the the gray beard. <laughs> Two hats back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my daughter is the the black thing right near me. I see it. I see them all. I see all y'all. Uh, but yeah, the the grag they had the barrel aged grackle, which they still had on Sunday. They released it Friday. They still had some on Sunday. Okay. Uh, 2018 Imperial Stout aged in Garrison Brothers bourbon barrels, Ooh. and that was a solid 10 percent ABV. Like Gar- Garrison Brothers, I think I still have a ticket to go see Garrison Brothers. So nice. They uh, they they give uh, not free but really discounted tour rates to companies that. Sell alcohol. So. Okay, so they had this, and I kind of wish I want to try. I tried it, but they ran out. Uh, they had a summer spree. Was their last beer release on Friday? Uh, Berliner Weiss with watermelon and basil. Okay, sounds kind of interesting. Berliner Weiss. Uh, Saturday they had a Rancho Relaxo, <laughs> sweet stout with ancho chili and vanilla bean. I wish they ran out of that too. Ancho chili. Yeah. Uh, barrel aged farm stuff. Uh, Saison? S-A-I-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S-
Watch, I'll stop for two months. I stopped for like four months. <laughs> well, because it was, you're coming over, but then like also on the weekend you weren't here, you went to Austin and got someone else blackout drunk. <laughs> so it was like, um. <laughs> to be fair, I still, that the disclaimer is on that. He said he wanted that for his birthday gift. And then he also said, if I buy it, he will drink it. <laughs> fair. I'm just saying from my point of view. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so what made you start podcasting then? I always found it fun. It seemed like fun when uh, I was watching Rooster Teeth because it's just, you know, you get your, your a group of friends together yeah, and just chat, but they're chatting about just anything and they can because people love them. <laughs> yep. So they care about just whatever they have to talk about, even if it's nothing. Uh, but it was Especially just like, when it's nothing. Yeah, it's 90% nothing. It's like. It's almost like uh, Seinfeld, but the podcast. <laughs> it's a show about nothing, for those of you who don't get that joke. Anyway. Um, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I just want to do that. It seems like fun. It doesn't seem like it's that much work. Like, again, with you, when you came up to me, it's like it's you just put a microphone in front of people and just talk. Like, just what, what's so thing. hard about that? No, there's a lot of hard stuff. There's, about there's a thing. It's a thing. Before you get to the easy part, there is a there are a lot of trials and tribulations. Uh, and so as I always thought about it, I tossed the idea around when Gringo came to live with me. Uh, I tossed the idea around to him, and of course he was like, "Dude, let's just do it." Just do it. That was let's his that it. was his thing. Was just at that point in time in his life, he was just like, "Oh, you want to do it? Let's just do it. Let's just do it right now." I'm there's, like, "Yeah, but we don't got the stuff to do it right now." There's nothing wrong with that mentality. You just it's weird. The mentality is just do it. But the thing is, you kind of have to actually do it correctly. Yeah. That's that's the caveat. That's that's the asterisk. Well, I was like, I have one microphone, but I'm I don't want I don't want people to share a microphone. Yeah. Because uh, then it becomes almost like interviewee or radioe, <laughs> and I didn't want that. I want I wanted people talking over each other. I wanted you know to act like you just like when you watch the Rooster Teeth podcast back in the day. It's kind of like. Eh, right now. Uh, but, you know, back in the day where, seriously, you're just with your group of friends and you're all just on the couch yelling at each other over stupid arguments or debates or just, you know. All the stuff. Someone's telling a story and everyone's laughing too, way too loud for anyone else to hear the rest of the story. I wanted that kind of atmosphere. I can understand that. And so I took what I thought were the best aspects of that of I have my own mic and everybody else has a mic. Yeah. Not them personally, but like there is a group mic and a me mic. That way, if in the future, yeah, we can have people talking over. But if I needed what I said over it because it was my podcast and that's how I felt, I could boost that. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. It was. Uh, that's also why I like mine because I could just, when you're a moderator, it actually helps to have your own mic. Yeah. Because you can actually control the volume of everyone else and still keep yours like right there in the yep. same so if you really want to emphasize on something you just turn everyone else down yep and not only that but like you had ben and murphy on there most of the times so and they're both just loud in general yeah so you could stick the microphone all the way at the other end of the table not what i literally away did, from yours and you could still hear them what i literally did was uh so this was back at galaxy we were in that back room before it was an actual room for them. Yeah. So uh, we went there 
took over that back room, took over one of their tables that wasn't really being used at the time as a table. It was more still that storage area where the servers went to go get drinks and had stuff. I would put their mic on their table and I would literally sit at a different table. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember showing up and wanting to see just your setup. You tried to get me on the show and I'm like, ah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, it's always, it was just fun though, actually doing it at Galaxy and just seeing you, your conception just come to life like out of nowhere. So you always try to invite me out and it's like, yeah, but it's all the way out there. I don't want to go working, doing this, yeah. doing that. Yeah. But then I actually see it and I'm like, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. You found so you, you made it work for what you got and it actually does work. And it worked the fact that they literally would close at 10 and we'd start the podcast at like 10.05. After you had your big breakfast. Yeah. Like, we would walk in 10 minutes before, and the first few times, like, um, what's this? And I had to make sure the owner was there at the time. And then after, like, those first two times, I would go in, and either the cook was different or the server was different. But either way, whoever knew us would be like, no, 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 no. They're cool. Like, it takes, like, an hour and a half to scrub down and close the shop anyway. They leave right before we do. But see, you still have, like, those those social, those uh, networking skills that I kind of wish I had. <laughs> I do. I just hate using them now. I, because okay. it, I don't hate using the social skills. I hate going out to use the social skills. I know because it was like seriously. Like, you go to Austin. You like you just meet the the door guy that night, and you've you've already got him on your side in case anything goes down. Like he's known you for like months, and you've only known him for hours. <laughs> yeah, not even. Yeah, and it's it's almost it was almost like that way too. Like almost anywhere we went, if you're like this, my person might be a potential interest or a benefit for me to just introduce and kind of get to know right away because i can kind of see something going on later yep to where i wouldn't need them and they could yep. be like you're cool yes you can do that yep and you would seriously just in an hour or two boom done you had well, that in a, a lot of it was just hey they're a person i'm a person i'm gonna talk to them <laughs> i'm gonna talk to them i'm gonna show them that i mean exactly business and that i am 100 percent confident in what i want to do and people are usually want to jump on with the confident brand. So it's like, you, you hey. know what also made me want to restart the podcast too? Huh? Like just so rethinking like at all the new groups of friends I got. Yeah. Um, just through Steven and you know, everyone likes having me around and they kind of see me as being quiet, but it's just like, I'm not quiet. It's just, I just get off of work a lot of times. And, and it's like, they've never seen me be social, but it's just one of those things like also. That. I feel that. In the show, like when we're doing a podcast, our personalities truly come out, but it is tiring. That's the worst part that no one ever tells you. Being a personality on air for like an hour and a half to two hours. And it's it's worse when you have to corral. Yeah. like Because everyone's personalities are up at 11. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now, this is, we could probably sustain this for a while. Just because it's two of us. It's back and forth. We don't have to divert and pivot to like 15 different places you don't have to do your the thing that was worse about being a moderator is you can't necessarily put your personality out there so much because you have to guide the conversation of everyone else around yep so like once you're like okay we're kind of steering way too far left it's like steer back right and choose a different topic it was good it was good for a a story and a half away yeah the second that second story finishes we need to pivot we need to like segue into something else and bring it back yeah but then when I'm, that's why I didn't mind being on your show when you moved into the studio. Yep. Because it's like, cool, I could actually just choose be. a personality yep. and just be a personality. Be. be. The flip side was not fun. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it was, I mean, literally we would do one podcast either here or at your place and it would be like, cool, the next day we do the other one and it's just the 
Like, I would look at Blado during his podcast and be like, sup? This is your job now. Yeah. And vice versa. <laughs> well, the thing was, yeah, because I was like, I came in, I'm like, it's the first time I actually sat in and we were, like, utilizing a new space. I just, I don't know, I remember thinking to myself, like, damn it, it's a, like, it's going to be so much work, like, trying to keep everyone in. But then as soon as, I, like, right before I got to your door, I was, like, thinking of everything that needed to be, like, focused on for the podcast. Like, need to make sure, like, try to help Brian out to where it's, like, if Ben seriously goes on a tirade, which he can easily do. Yeah. Just shut that shit down yep. and, like, guide into something else, you know, or do this or that. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I get to your door, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not my issue. <laughs> like, I became so much more lighter and, like, so much happier. <laughs> It's, it is a, it is a thing. And one of the only reasons why the podcast is back is after a while I said, screw it. If there's only one other person or two other people that kind of want to do it, it's not going to work. At least not as a group cast. I think the thing is like, and the thing that I found out with me and Eric, uh, and especially with, uh, Feliciano. Yeah. Uh, because she was actually rooting for us like pretty early on and she was helping us a lot with stuff yeah. and she was working at the radio station i heard radio in san antonio at the yeah. time and when we, she's running her own like entertainment group now yeah she became a dancer and she quit the the radio job and she became a full-time dancer and then she just corralled that and she was like i'm glad she found a passion i haven't kept up with her at all we haven't talked in ages but I, uh i shoot her a message like every two months well i try to but i don't get anything back i don't know what happened you gotta uh, like no if you don't capture right at like a downbeat you ain't gonna get nothing back. Yeah. Well, no, it was just one of those things. Like, uh, like we kind of caught up right before she actually like everything took off. Mm-hmm. But then it was just like that was it. Like we just never got back in contact or kept in touch. And so every time we, I would try to throw something out there, like it wouldn't even get read. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know what happened. I think she's just too busy and she just doesn't have time for casual stuff. That's fine. But no, like when I sent her the first episode, so she can work on our. Marketing? No, it was the the, the, the banner, the web page that she made for us. I forgot what the the web page was. Okay. Uh, the actual like main. It was almost like a GeoCities thing. Like yeah. you had the actual web page and you had a link to your actual whatever yeah. you were doing. I get it. Uh, but I sent her the first episode so she can listen to it. I sent her the first two episodes so she can listen to it and put stuff up like link, almost like a link dump. That's what all our website was. Like, hey, episode two's out. Here's a link dub of like everything we're talking about and some pictures. You can kind of get some references. Yeah. Um, I need to get better at that. Yeah. And, uh, but she pitched our first two episodes to one of the station guys, uh, the, the show, uh, the guys that does like runs the show and the programs and all that. Yeah. And he liked us, but he was like, I, we, we would get, we would love to give them a shot, but we would need more music on their end. And so that was what she gave us as feedback. She was like, Hey, if you guys put in more music, I was like, I don't think we need to. Like, we're a podcast. And even, like, now, the morning show, let's do in Austin. They, uh, you know, they're, they're a four-hour morning show, but everything that they talk about in that morning show, like, talk-wise, even, like, while some of the songs are playing, gets put into a podcast on the radio website. And so if you just want to listen to them without any of the music, you can. But they can also, you know, they do take their, they do. The breaks and the. They, they, they do a. Uh, uh, format and um, pace their their conversations and whatnot to where they can just get a quick break in topic and conversation wise and just throw in a song or throw in an ad. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we could have did that like easily. 
But then again, I we would have had to like either gone all the way to back to San, come back here when we were kind of starting to hit our stride a little bit, and out in L.A. and do a constant radio show. I mean, somewhere in the alternate universe is probably working out, but <laughs> or not. I just didn't want to do a radio show just because it seemed fun, but I wanted to focus more on film. Uh, I like audio, but I love visuals a lot better because it's always more challenging. Gotcha. Uh, what are we talking about that for? We talking about that topic for something else. Uh, it was like, why are you starting podcasts? Oh, no, so, but no, so the reason why I brought that up was like, like, me and you, we can do this. Like, yeah. I feel that we can just have a show of me and you just talking and we can make it work. If it's just me Probably. and you on the podcast. The only time it doesn't work is when it's like two or three in the morning <laughs> and no one's showing up for dread. <laughs> to be fair, that's because it. Ha- in, okay, I'm a very thematic person. No, I'm, I know. I'm just talking crap about like we tried our hardest. Oh god! During that segment of like we need to fill time, we're gonna fill time. And I we, will. We, I was tired. You were tired, and we we're like, okay, energy drinks. Let's try to get per- podcast personalities back going, like on and then, camera. Like it kind of worked, and then I like screw it. I'm just gonna read the rules of dread. It's technically part of the game, and we can kill time. I wonder if anyone actually went back and watched some of that. To hear the rules and has made or tried to play a game with their friends off of that. That'd be fun to know. I know. It's going to be positive thinking on that. Yeah, that's very... <laughs> yep. That's headcanon. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's not, but it's exactly <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's just like... I, But I get like the whole group dynamic. It's mm-hmm. better with the group, but if you also just find someone that you could just be one-on-one with, like especially when you don't have everyone's schedules or like so out of whack that you can only get one person it's good to just have that one person that you could easily just hold a great conversation with for like an hour and a half two hours even if it's just 45 minutes yeah you know you can still it's good to have someone like that that's why i also have appreciated you being there on my show because it's you're still a constant because you're right across the street it helped yeah it really did and also what i liked about podcasting too like i thought about this after on this big hiatus we've been doing right um like just not doing the podcast since I had my accident, it's like it, I've I, I feel so out of touch with everybody. Because I was like, even after watching the movie Tag, and they're like, "Oh, we play the game." That group of friends we play the game of Tag like for thirty years because it keeps us in each other's lives. You know, we're constantly trying to traveling, seeing each other because we so one of us is it. We got tagged with one of them. You know, uh, it, but it was like it was actually good to just get together with your friends. And just be friends. an hour or two out of a whole week and just shoot the shit. Yeah. Microphone or not, just, just yeah. talk. It was just good to just catch up with everybody and just have like great conversations and get it all recorded. So, I think I screwed up because I was, I was pulling late game podcast tactics from like day one. Where it's like, I will give each person a job and I will try to have themes for every podcast. Like, this is the theme. I would tell them a week in advance. And be like, cool. I do want to touch on this. You said you'll be the science person, so I need that take. You said you, you said you, like, I asked, yo, if there was a personality type for this, what would you do? And they picked it for themselves. I'm like, cool. I will help you. I will give you the topic that you need to look up. Mm-hmm. And I would come to the podcast. I'm like, so, I want to talk about the thing. And then half of them would be like, yo, I didn't even look at the topic. See, like, I, I almost did that with, I kind of did that with my crew, but I yeah. didn't do it in the way you did it. Yeah. 
the the LA, I had a lot of people, a lot of my friends in LA love the idea of doing a podcast, and they just like the idea that they could just jump on my show whenever they wanted to and just talk about whatever. Yeah. But then also some of them after a while they were like, I want to do more, and that, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Matt, but like no, I'm saying like they would pitch to me. Later, Hefe. Uh, <laughs> they would they would pitch to me like, "Hey, I want to do a podcast on this, but I don't got the equipment. Can I use your equipment?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." Like, I'll be on it because I just I want to moderate. Yes, yeah, you and know, because you're you're so focused on the topic, on the topic and the format, but you're you know you're also you're so focused on that that you're gonna miss moderating. You're gonna you need someone to help guide it because yeah. there's gonna be certain topics or certain spots of those topics where it's going to be like, it's a hot thing. We're going yep. to be talking about that most than other parts. Yep. And one thing I like about this, so uh, this one-on-one is not going to be the only time we're going to do a one-on-one. So this first one is just to introduce people to everybody that's going to be on the podcast regularly. But it's also to set up a format of, say, two podcasts from now, we skirt over a topic that you really want to talk about, but we just don't have time. If you come back to me like, yo, Jarrell, I really want to talk about this. I'd be like, cool, let's do a one-on-one. And that will give me time to research enough to ask the right questions. And then we can do and shoot for like forty uh, a minimum of 45 minutes on just whatever you want to talk about. So I, I like that idea of we can still have the main podcast, but if there's anything that anyone on the podcast really wants to talk about, they bring it to me. I go... If you're sure, I will look it up enough to ask the right questions and we can do this. The second they come in and they're not ready, like they, they lose one-on-one rights yeah. for a while. I'm just... Ben. <laughs> he, he was the first one that was like, oh, Ben, cool. Because, see, I'm not too worried about Ben because Ben is a guy who will tie it into a story of some sort. We love so, Ben. He means well, but a lot of times when he's going to do something like that, it's he always tries to find another format that he can spin it into and yeah. multitask. Yeah. Like, I can kind of see him doing some topics and almost making, like, a stand-up set out of it. Basically. No, yeah. that's Ben. Yeah, that's no. Joker. That's Joker. But I'm just sitting there saying, like, I'm, I'm letting the people know <laughs> in advance. Like, that's kind of what you're in for, whereas everyone else is just going to be... You oh, know, they know. He was one of the first ones. We're going to be inside the actor's studio while, everyone, while, he's, <laughs> while he's doing his Showtime audition at the Apollo. <laughs> so, okay. I don't want... It's weird, because I want to be somewhat of a filmmaker, but I don't watch a lot of things. I know. But the thing... But I try to get you to watch stuff, and you're just like, no. <laughs> and I sometimes have, you're like, you know what? I might give it a shot. You never give it a shot, because you have so much other stuff. You I have a lot of stuff. But it, the thing is... And it's not a... Sorry to keep cutting you off. It's not a backlog. Like, you're like, oh, I'll put it on the list, but I gotta go through this big backlog. It's like, no, I'll put it on the list, and it might be number 15, but then you're like, you get home, and you're like, I don't even feel like watching number one right now. Let's just, like, pop whatever YouTube suggestion just recommended me. Basically, <laughs> man. It's... Okay, so my watch list is your social activity. It's after work, don't really care. I don't, I don't have time for it. Like something mindless in the background, I'll be, I'll sit there, but I'm, I'm not engaged. I, I've, I've been that way for like the past few months now, where yeah. it's just well because like I've, I've found the routine of, th- like right now the only two channels I watch, okay, uh, FXX and Comedy Central. Fair enough. I haven't watched El Rey in a while because El Rey's programming is like spotty here and there. Okay. Now that summer is starting to get in the swing, they're gonna have like their. Uh, action movie Mondays, uh, their horror movie Fridays. Don't, don't forget their Kai July. Yeah, 
Uh, but right now they've been just showing like a lot of uh, Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. And I was like, I don't mind that show, but I liked it better when they... I liked it when they actually showed like three or four hours of um, Quantum Leap also yeah, in the morning. Fair. Because Quantum Leap's a really good show. I never got into it, but I love that show. Uh, but yeah, so it's just, if I need background noise, hey, FXX is usually playing Parks and Rec on like a three or four hour marathon. Or just put on South Park, because Comedy Central and every now and then does like an eight hour marathon South, of yeah. South Park. It's like, I've seen most of those, whatever, just background noise, browse on my phone. If I feel like watching the movie, go on HBO, go on YouTube, maybe go on Netflix. Maybe just pop in the actual DVD I need to watch. <laughs> yeah. But I'm... So I'm, I'm actually finding more time to watch things. I'm just... We gotta watch Collateral Beauty. Which one? I just bought Collateral Beauty, because I've been wanting to watch it again. We need to watch Collateral Beauty. Collateral Beauty. Yeah. Explain. Uh, it's uh, a Will Smith movie. <laughs> okay, I've I am tracking. Yeah, tracking. I saw the trailer. I saw something for it. It Has Kate Winslet and uh, uh, not Natalie Portman, Keira Knightley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I watched it. It surprised me. And then when I, f- I was trying to find it at like a five dollar bin, and no one had it, not even online. Uh, and then we went to uh, on our way back from family business. We stopped at. Fye, and I found a copy for eight bucks. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was, it was the only one too. You know, you know what I want to watch? Uh, I want to rewatch Blueberry. My Blueberry Nights. My Blueberry Nights. I, re- I want to rewatch that, and I I want to watch. Uh, I can give it to you. Ocean. Ocean. Ocean Heaven. Ocean Heaven. Yeah. That, because. So Ocean Heaven. If you haven't seen it, buckle up. Uh, I'm not going to give away. It, but you should watch it. Uh, I think one of the best things I can say is it's you're gonna have to read. You're just gonna have to read because it's in a different language. Yeah. Um, but it is a movie that Jet Li is in. He read the script and said, "I am doing this for free." Yeah. So that. Um, and Austin guy here has a challenge of can you watch it without crying or getting like super emotional over it? And I was good. I was good through the whole movie, and then like the last five minutes. Something small happened, and I didn't lose it, but like it hit me. Your your small little like, cause you you Captain hooked a few times. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like that's to be expected. I already said like it, no one can watch this without bawling their eyes out, and I'm like because I said that Brian's gonna watch the movie that, and he's he can control his emotions well. He's not gonna cry at all just to prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But then he, that one instance that he's talking about, he it made him actually go like. This is actually a really good movie. I was like, that right there, that small praise just spoke volumes. It was like, this is a really good movie. And then I broke it down, and it, if I remember correctly, it reopened that ending for you as well. Because I never knew about it. I never had the experience that you had yeah. with people. That kind like of character. That. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, I didn't even know there was a thing. I thought it was just kind of uh, like him kind of... A, a good bookend. No, like, like like almost like a memory, like a muscle memory. Like a way he remembered uh, just... just that interaction. Yeah. You know? So you can just kind of keep it going. I thought that was all that was. But it was like, no. Like, he... You told me what, what the whole purpose behind it was. And I was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to watch Make, it again. This movie, I love it enough. You you found a way to make me love it more. What the... <laughs> so, yeah. It's it's just... So, my point that I was reaching about, about me not watching movies. So, our friend, my friend, Lindsay. I don't know what she wants to be called on this yet. Uh, has got me to watch a few things because she she broke the code of I don't watch things by myself 
but that also means I can't like marathon a series because I can't usually stand people in my space for a series amount of time, even if it's broke up in a few days. Yeah. Like I just I, I, I have to rebel against she's, that. She's the only exception. She's like the only exception. So that's how she got me to watch like three seasons of the West Wing within like two weeks. And, th- and like uh, two seasons of the newsroom within a like a stupid time frame. So it's stuff like that. But she's also maybe like watch a lot of movies, including like Gettysburg and Avita. Avita and a whole bunch of other things. But she'll watch them and I go and I will sit and she's a hold up, let me explain kind of person. So it's the yeah. first time watching it. She will try her best not to pause the movie to talk about something. She doesn't always succeed. She barely succeeds. But the thing is, when she pauses, she's actually giving really good insight. Like for Gettysburg, it's a five-hour movie, or close to. You would think they cover everything. They do not. It's yeah. based on a huge, thick, small print book. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the entire movie is best meant into three days and every single day. It's like Game of Thrones. Yeah, kind of. So she would pause it and be like, yo, so this is this is the historical accurate part of it. This is uh, where there might be a bit of fiction there from the writer, but this is the part of the fiction from the book that is extrapolated from actual text, and so this is why this line is important. That's almost like Chernobyl. Sort of, yeah. Like, there'll be a line, and I'll be like, I don't get it. And then she'll be like, cool. This is what it means in the movie. That's all you need to technically know. And you'll get that within like the next five minutes. But the reason it's important historically is because of this and this and this and this and this. See, I'm like, I'm not the opposite, but I'm like a different way. I, yeah. will, I will do the explaining afterwards because I'm more of just watching people. I like watching people's reactions. She, she just can't help it. I know, but no, it's just like, because I, I, when I watch movies, I usually get invested in some way or another. Yeah. If not emotionally, just because I'm like, just turn my brain off and I'm enjoying yeah. it because it's easy, that's easy to keep up with. 90s action movies, anything John yes. Claude Van Damme related, that's seriously, turn your brain off, just enjoy it for what it is. So, but the thing is, I think it works for me that she pauses because it, it, it breaks me of uh, the mindset because I have, I don't, you, you've probably went through this. I don't know if you're still in it or if you've like learned to deal with it, but I'm in that like state where if I watch a movie the entire way through, by about 30 minutes in, I start going, well, why do they use that angle? Why do they use that line? Why is he standing in that spot? I, I don't... What do is that. their lighting cue? Like, I'm there. But by her breaking it apart and stopping it, it, it's like, oh, okay, so this is a movie thing. And I go back into it, like, fresh every time she pauses it. So, and then I can rewatch it again and go full analytic, which helps her a bit. Because I'd be like, yo, this is a weird way of breaking it. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, like, the, there's weird rules, quote unquote, of filming where, uh, like, having someone on one side of the screen, and even though you cut to them later, they're on that side of the screen, even though they're... It's the 180 rule. The, the 180 rule. Yeah. I'm like, why for do people they... who don't know. <laughs> yeah, so it's the 180 rule. And I was explaining that to her, and I was like, but if you look at this scene, after this line, they switch it. And I, I, and it's like if you go off of it from plot wise, it's very interesting that they switched it because of this, this, and this. She goes, "Oh, that's really cool," and stuff like that. So, I think depending on the movie, I could get into it. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, "Yo, I'm doing this." Oh, okay. 
Like, that's just how it has to go sometimes. So we'll get back to the 180 rule. Because there's actually yeah. a method I like to... That breaks that. And doesn't, yeah. and a lot of people say, you can't break it. It's like oh, like one of the Ten Commandments. You do not, thou shall not break the 180 rule. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll get back to that later whenever we can come back to it. Okay. Um, we can have a full one-on-one about filmmaking later. Yeah, but no, it's just... Because this is like a way that just by filming some of the stuff I have with Steven. Yeah. It's... Like, like you, you can have the expertise, you can have the money, you can have the time, but we usually don't have either, like, any of those two out of three things. We yeah. just have one out of the three. Yeah. And so I found a, a way of thinking of shooting stuff that it's like, it saves a lot of time and a lot of hassle. Uh, it's always good for smaller groups. Yeah. But I, whenever I'm watching a movie, I've never had that. I'm like that when I read a book. Fair. I found, and I thought I was the only one that does it. Apparently, Quentin Tarantino does the same thing I do, which is when I pick up a book and I'm reading it because I'm like, the story sounds interesting. I'm I'm mainly in it for a story. Yeah. Even if the, like, I don't get people who complain about plot holes, you know? Because it's like, if you're seriously, like, judging Transformers or you're judging, like, The Great Wall, like, one of those. See, I don't, I don't don't give, I don't worry about plot holes in. I'm just saying, like, pure action movies, that's just there for entertainment, and people are like... I don't care. Yeah, like, why, like oh, there's care. this plot hole. Like, why, who gives a care? I don't care. No one cares. Like, if if they took the Lord of the Rings movies and... There are plot holes in that, yeah, you have to... I would be with and, you and, and And change the plot thing from the book to the movie that created a plot hole, I'd be pissed. Because you had it there. You didn't have to do anything there. But they didn't... You know what I mean? Like, if... Everyone will find something to complain about. And everyone yeah. usually goes for plot holes. Yeah. Well, in action movies, if it's just to turn your brain off and have fun, I don't care. If you're going to tell me, yo, this is based off this book, and I love that book, and then you change something that makes a plot hole, I'm going to be a little bit, yeah. yo, why? Why do you change things? Where was the book slapper? You didn't have a book slapper on set? You should have had a book slapper on set. It costs money. <laughs> I'd do it for free. Uh, just, just get me there. Yeah. Just not even an airplane. Give me the gas. Honestly, like probably, yeah, probably like my third or fourth time Graham. watching watching a movie. Yeah. I, I start kind of thinking that way, like you do, but not as critic, not as very critical about it. Just because the first time I watch it, I anytime I watch any movie, I take it at face value. You know, yeah. and it's a lot of times there's there's a few times where I've gone to movies where I just it, it looks like it's going to be an absolute train wreck, and I just or just I just go in it like with the mindset of I'm not going to like this movie at all. But then it does some stuff that it's just like, okay, it actually went well. It did some stuff right. I can't totally hate this, but mm-hmm. it's still not a movie I would watch again. Yeah. Uh, but then after like that first time, when I enjoy it, I rewatch it a second time because then it's like, okay, now let me look for the clues of everything that's leading up to this. Yeah. Like foreshadowing, everything that I kind of missed the first time because I'm just taking it as it is. Yeah. It comes. Then the third time, I get the whole story. After that, there's nothing really anymore for me on that side of the movie to dive into and if I could find stuff later on yeah. but it's just minute a lot of digging I don't want to do then I start going to like well, why did they do this shot why did they do this lighting why did they do this see, coloration see for, for me uh, if it's in a theater I I find I do it less the only one that triggers me in a theater is the foreshadowing stuff like I'll be watching a movie I was watching the Tolkien movie and there was a line I to see that it was a really good movie I watched it to watch the Stephen Colbert talk afterwards so I, I did the pre, the live at the film festival showing one mm-hmm. that they did before it released world, uh, nationwide. And like they set a line and I was like, okay, cool line. Like I can see where that leads in. And then about somewhere in the second act of it, 
you you saw you you didn't see fruition from that line, but you saw where it could lead, and I went, oh, okay, and then it hit, and I'm like, that's where it connects. But foreshadowing is apparently the only like in theater, foreshadowing is the thing that triggers me. Mm. Well, not triggers, but I notice almost triggered. Yeah. Okay, put this out there. Having trigger warnings is a legit thing. The amount of people that have come up to me and told me they are triggered by something is astonishing. And I'm not saying that all of them are crazy or that most of them are crazy or if any of them are crazy. I'm just saying... Most of them are crazy. (laughs) I am just saying if someone comes in and goes, hey, can you not whistle, please? Oh, just like subtle things or like more like pet peeves than triggers? Well, like one person, like I had three different people within like a month and a half because I whistle a lot at work. It's great acoustics. I had one person like, hey, can you not whistle? Uh, I'm, I'm just, I just don't like the sound. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then the other person basically said, hey, uh, whistling, whistling uh, really triggers my depressive depressive state i'm like oh i'm sorry like oh, I, I was like okay oh, i'm sorry like yeah i just don't like it I'm like okay and then i had another guy come in and he was like hey uh can you not whistle it reminds me too much of hearing shots overhead i'm like cool yeah that i get yeah but like literally the one that was said it triggers my depressive state like walked in and like it was one of those I want to take you seriously because I don't know. But you're coming in here. You are loud. You are rude. You are oblivious to every other customer. Yeah. And you're trying to run my store? Kind of thing. And now you're you're trying to pull like that customer's always right stuff? Cool. You ain't going to run me. <laughs> Basically. Basically. And I was like, cool. Yeah, no, no problem. I'm going to need to see your and everybody in your group's ID. Well, they're not buying. That's that's not they're what with I said. You. That's not what I said. Yeah. If you notice on my door and on my register, everyone in your group must be 21 with ID to enter or with the legal guardian. Well, I'm their guardian. If I could see their ID, please. <laughs> oh, they are two years younger than you. How are you their guardian? Mm-hmm. You are 21. They are 19. How? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know... I was going to say, the one person I hate uh, are people that, and this is like one of those that guy moments. Yeah. Uh, they they get they uh, get people to stop doing something by giving them a negative fact about that thing that they're doing. Uh, yep. Yep. I it's not it. like asking politely. They're just like, hey, by the way, did you know that this used to mean this back in the day? So why are you doing that now if you're not that way kind of thing? Oof. It's like, dude, just ask them to like nicely, hey, can you mind like just adjusting or doing fixing this? Or, you know, just be polite about it. Don't be like the whole sagging. I, I'm against sagging, but, you know, the whole like, hey, did going up to someone who has like their pants around their thighs, hey, did you know that sagging was meant to make prisoners easier to rape? Is that what you're expecting out of the day just to get someone to sag? Like, no, nah, at that point, you're being a dick. Yeah, it's just hey man, can you can you please pull up your pants? That's all you gotta say. All you gotta say. 
I know it's like a good example, but it's the only one that came into my head. Yeah. And uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to talk about. Well, I don't know. Like one of the things that not recently, but one of the things was like I was singing a song. And they're like, you do know that version was uh, stolen by da 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 da. If you really enjoy that song, you you'd sing the original version. I'm like, okay, what is it? I'm like, well, you can find. Them. I'm like, no. Do you, do you know it? No. I'm like, well, I guess you don't really care, do you? Kept singing my version. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool, bro. This version makes me happy, though. Right, that's cool. Do you have a link? Can you share it with me? Do you have a way I can find it? Because I will totally... I love this song. Are you telling me this isn't the original? I will find out. Let's go. Just like A Star is Born. I found out there are so many renditions of that movie. Yeah, and like one of them isn't even close to being named. The same thing. No, like... So, the Draft House, I guess, to, like, celebrate the movie? Yeah. They're like, we're just going to have a marathon of a, a Star is Born. So, they had tickets for A Star is Born, the 2018 one that yep. just came out. A Star is Born, the one before that thing was, like, in the 90s. 90s. The one that was in, like, the 70s. Yep. And then there's the fourth one, or fifth one. Anyway, they, had, they went all the way back to the original that came out in 1934. Yeah, the 1934 one uh, was rebranded as Star is Born, but it was not originally called that. Oh, I know, but still, it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it was based on a book. I'm like... And then they just read... Because even my mom was like, oh, I remember the 70s one, that's the original. I was like, apparently that's not the original, nope. mom. <laughs> nope. 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 Because uh, I was watching... It wasn't a Watch Mojo, but it was a... Uh, a list. It might have been like one of those Fine Brother Reacts things. Oh, yeah. When they're like, hey, can you tell if this is an original kind of thing? And they would play it like, oh, yeah, no, this is totally original. Like, nope. Playing it for eight-year-olds. This and this and this and this and this. <laughs> you know, like, shoot. Oh, that's what I, was I think there was a Frank Ocean new song. And he was singing his version like Moon River. Like, oh, yeah, that's totally original. I'm like, nope. Oh, you sweet summer child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh baby, stop doing so much. <laughs> and I'm over here. I'm over here, and uh, once again, Lindsay was with me. And I'm like, I've never seen this. Would you like to play? And she's like, Cool. And we go. I'm like, Nah, nah, yeah, nah. I think I no. I think I got every single one. And she goes, How would you know this? I'm like, I just. There is a difference. You're just a very happy guy. Yeah, I'm a very happy guy. With a lot of like useless fun facts. No, okay, yes, but there's also like two of them I actually didn't know. Mm-hmm. It was just the fact that the version I heard, I was like, there is a legitimate difference between someone who's doing a cover and someone who writes a song. Like, you can just kind of feel it almost. And I'm like, no, no, this person is doing a very good, their version of it. But it is, it doesn't feel right. This is a Mariah Carey song, but it's not a Mariah Carey song. Yeah. I mean, that's to me like the best way. Like, there's a few songs she did that were covers that's like, yeah, but she still kind of made it hers when she did it her way. Yeah. Like, there there was a... I don't remember what song it was, but it was a guy singing it. And Lindsay was like, oh, this is definitely an original. I'm like, nope. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, just watch. It's not, though. And you're going to be surprised. And they cut it, and it was like, apparently... Uh, not Aretha, but it was like another old school diva who first sang it. And she's like, oh my god, really? I'm like, yeah. Have you seen... Uh, you probably haven't. Mm. I don't know why I'm asking. Probably not, <laughs> but ask away. Uh, the Upside. Which one's The Upside? Uh, it's the Kevin Hart, uh, Brian Cranston movie. Oh, where he's, uh, Kevin Hart is moving Brian Cranston in a wheelchair? Yeah. I have not. Uh, we read Boxed. Actually, really good movie. I might buy it full price. It's almost okay. that good. Um, but well, What do you mean you could give it to the Blue Bear Knights to me? Uh, so, 
when I was I was gonna do other like uh, like video essays about movies that I like that didn't do well or people might not know about, you know, or just kind of underrated movies that I really like. Uh-huh. And I was like, I need high quality versions of these movies, these few movies I want to get or want to do. And my Blueberry Nights is one of them. Okay. And so I was like, I could do the the DVD one, but the DVD is like bad. It's DVD quality. It's really fuzzy. Even just uh, getting a copy of it like digitally. Or just doing any kind of recording process digitally is going to make it like less. No, no, not less. But it's still going to retain that fuzziness, and I can't get it to the, the crisp to quality. be like if I wanted the video to be 1080 at 1080 quality or 720, I can't do that because gotcha. it's only going to be at 480. Gotcha. Yeah, and so I actually got the uh, I got a digital copy of it of uh, my Blueberry Nights that was full 1080p. You know, widescreen format. So I'm like, all right, awesome. I actually have this, and you know, I can just use it or whatever. Uh, it's you know, it's not like an iTunes thing. I can seriously just transfer you the file. You'll be fine. Sweet. And the reason why, I like, I, I'm a, I'm not really. I know that's kind of like bootlegging, but I don't count that kind of as bootlegging. Just because there's some movies that, like, if they were out, mm-hmm. I did pay for it mm-hmm. uh, when I when I got my digital copy. I did pay for it. Uh, it's just, I, if there was a Blu-ray copy of that available, I would have bought the Blu-ray copy of it. Fair. But it's, a lot of the movies that I like, they didn't do well in theaters, so when they got a home release, they just got a DVD home release. They didn't get any kind of high resolution Mm -hmm. format release. They didn't put a lot of money behind it. Yeah, because they're like, we didn't make enough money in the studio, we're not going to make enough money on home release. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'll find a cheap digital copy when it's like on sale markdowns on some kind of platform, yeah. iTunes, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever, and I'll pay like the five dollars, eight dollars for it, and just get a digital copy. Seven ninety nine. Yeah, because it's it's full HD, and then it's like cool. I can just do whatever I want with it. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm down. Yep. So I got that for two movies, but yeah, my Blueberry Nights mm-hmm. was like the first one I did. Uh, See the thing, did, like, did I ever make you watch? I think it's Ink. Uh, it sounds familiar. Uh, it has the guy with like X's on his eyes and like in a dream world kind of thing. Dad, daughter. I'll have to show you a clip of it. Yeah. It's weird. I'm thinking of Franklin, but no, that's not it. No. Franklin was a weird movie too. Yeah. Uh, and I also thought, no, I was thinking of another one too when you started talking about that. And I was like, that's one movie you would probably, you should watch too and you would probably like it. The Upside? Uh, well, besides The Upside. Uh, but the reason why I brought up the upside is because um, Brian Cranston's character likes listening to opera. Nice. And uh, so Kevin Hart's trying to get characters trying to get him to do or listen to more soulful music because he's like opera sounds kind of depressing, you know. You play it loud, not many people like it. She's so trying to get him to listen to Aretha. Yeah. And then uh, kind of a little bit of a spoiler, but it's just like a small thing. It's not really necessarily like to the, the whole story of it. Yeah. Um, Brian Cranston's character ends up playing an opera song on his playlist and Kevin Hart character is just like dude I don't like opera I like you know like why are you playing opera right now now's not a good time for opera he's like just give it a second and he found uh, an opera song that Aretha Franklin had covered <laughs> ooh uh, that's a good moment yeah <laughs> that's a, that's okay <laughs> someone put some thought into that yeah I know and I was like that is a really good moment in that movie like I that, that yeah and he actually spotted, and it was not like a made only for that movie or for that movie moment kind of track. No, like they, it was they, a legit thing because it was during um, 
he the fun fact he gave, I think it was like uh some like Golden Globes or Academy Awards or like one of those award shows. Yeah. The Grammys, I think, or something like that. Uh, the um, the original opera singer couldn't make it. I think he got sick or like something happened with like the scheduling of his flight or his travel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they had to try to fill in his spot. And Aretha stepped up. And instead Ooh. of just performing her stuff, she performed that song. That is... Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would love that moment. Like, seriously. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's one of those moments where I was just like, I really like I really like the subtleties. I'm not a big Kevin Hart fan, but that movie, the fact that he's playing a serious role and there's it's not really like a comedy movie at all, but he still does a serious role real well. Yeah. It was like it that movie was seriously worth red boxing and it, to me it's worth owning. I would probably again on I might pay full price for it if it's like on like no more than twenty bucks. If it's like twenty five, thirty two dollars, they're probably not. <laughs> It's good. It's not that good. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good moment, though. Uh, like, I really like that idea. But I was also going to say, too, um, like, whenever I try to recommend stuff for you, I try to recommend stuff that I know you would, it, that will grab your attention and hold it. You have this line that I that always gets my interest of, there's this person here, it reminds me of Brian a bit, like, how? Why? Give, mm. You know what made me start doing that a lot is because I told this to you. Because whenever I sit there and I say this reminds me of someone, everyone assumes that that everything about that character reminds me of them. And it's like no, no, it's it's a it's a thing. It's, it's seriously just thing. one moment or just one little trait that they do. Yeah, which is why I asked them like, okay, what's the thing? <laughs> what's what is the thing? Because I still say that to Murph and a few other people, and they're just like, how does that? They kind of get offended. How does that remind me? It's like, oh, he just did this one thing, and it was like that is something you do. <laughs> You know, like, I watched all of that just so you could sit there and tell me it was for one little, like, ten seconds of the entire movie. It's like, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm down for that. <laughs> it was like, because you just jumped to conclusions thinking, like, this whole character is that way and it reminds me of you. Like, I see something in you that really no, isn't see, there. See, my, my favorite thing is I try to wait for that moment to go, okay, I'll freaking watch it, let's go. And then I, wa- I see the character, I'm like, okay, so this is this is the character? Cool. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ah, there, okay. That moment. Yep, nope. That moment. I saw it. Was it that? No. Yeah. No. Got it. I was. I, 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 they were showing an episode of uh, Parks and Rec, and though it was one of the episodes, that always makes me think of you. It's when uh, Ann Perkins is leaving, mm-hmm. and Ron Swanson just goes up to her and he is, Ann, I've enjoyed. Uh, I was like, goodbye, Ann. I've enjoyed parts of our time together, and she just breaks into tears. <laughs> I was like, why does that still catch me as like a Brian moment? <laughs> I swear, if I. And you Because every time you know, I think about that, and I think about the story that you told me as to why that might be, and I'm just like, it still rings true. Okay, which story? Because uh, one of your friends was leaving, like moving away, and you went to her goodbye party, and everyone was like being nice, sharing memories, giving her yeah. gifts, and you just went up to her and like whispered something in her ear, and she actually got like really emotional, and everyone thought you said something to like offend her. Like, <laughs> okay, tracking, yeah. tracking. Like, and it was something small. I don't actually remember what it was for. I, I, I think it was just something small of like, hey, it was really nice knowing you. I would like to keep in touch. I will miss you being gone. It was something small. I was something, I, I, something along those lines. And I was like, cool. You know, no, no. It was, I now remember, I, I walked up and was like, hey, 
I wasn't going to come out, but I wasn't going to miss this uh, last time I see you if, it, if you are actually leaving. <laughs> and just, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Again, it's just like... Like, <laughs> like I, I know, you know I normally wouldn't... Basically, it was... Uh, you know I normally don't come out, but this this is kind of special, so I'm here. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I see that moment in that show, in that one episode, I always just think, like, that's a bright thing. It's like... People don't understand. I'm getting to the point where I'm about to be brutally honest to everybody that's in my personal life. Customers, they get they get professional, Brian. That's one thing. But I'm getting to the point where I'm about to start calling everybody on their BS because I'm starting to call myself on my BS. It's like if I can't sugarcoat to myself, I I am not wasting the time to do it with anybody else. See, so you know what's crazy? Like I, whenever I'm at work. And regardless of my mood, I always turn on like podcast personality. And yeah, so, and so it's just like yeah, because I you know they want us to be super friendly. It's like cool, I'll be podcast personality for like four hour shift, and Shut then by the time I get home, I'm like yeah, I'm just so drained from just doing podcast personality. I just don't want to do anything. Yeah, luckily, uh, we we have a lot of customer interaction, but not a lot of engagement. Um, it's come in, grab the bottle, boom. Oh, you have a question? This one, this one, or this one? Oh, not that price range. Then this one, this one, this one. Uh, so I, I say a lot of the same things over and over and over and over and over again. And you can tell the, the more out of it I am because my voice will go lower. Yeah. So it'd be like, oh, yeah, da, 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 yeah, check this. And then at the end of the day, it's sign there. Use that. Do the thing. Cool. No, they want, the <laughs> they want us to be like one-on-one, like real personal. Oh, they want us to. Well, no, I mean like at my job. And I get it because it's part of our, our company and our atmosphere. Yeah. But again, it's like podcast personality the entire time. But after four hours of doing it, again, it's tiring. Even it just is. tiring doing an hour and a half to two hours. So if I do it for four hours, when I just it's not necessarily just turning on a charm or turning on to a switch personality. It's seriously umping up yourself. To, to 11, yeah. To 11, sometimes maybe 12 if you're not feeling it that day. You know, or it's like your your DM, your district manager might be coming in. You really got to turn it's, on that extra it's, suite. It's weird. The, the least of that, the less you want to do it, the more you have to put into it. It is... The stupidest thing. The, the days you're not feeling it at all are the days you have to turn it up as high as it goes. Yeah. And that's why it's like I get home and I it's just like I seriously just want to just lay on the couch and just not do a damn thing for the rest of the day because it just drained me. Yeah. Which and is, even if I go out with like Steven or other friends, again, it's like I'm quiet because I'm just tired. <laughs> which is the same thing why I go to YouTube because even if I'm watching a three-hour YouTube video, which they do exist, at any moment I can leave. I don't feel like I have to finish a YouTube video. I'm I'm weird and I feel I feel like I have to finish movies. There's a new format I want to try out after listening to the Off Topic podcast. Okay. Where the it's the the Achievement Hunter guys have their own podcast, and they just sit and talk for usually around like two hours, two and a half hours. But their format is because they have guests on there, and you know, like usually with all our our even on our podcast, it's like if you're there, if you're there for the entire show, pretty much. Uh, but they have a format to where they just have a lot of people that usually just revolve Drop in and out. Drop in and out? Yeah, I mean, like, they seriously, like, if you just only want to be on the podcast for, like, 20 minutes, cool, show up for 20 minutes, and especially Jeff's this way. Yeah. He's, like, after 45 minutes of just being on it, he's If like, I don't have anything left to say. He's like, I'm yeah, gone. cool. He's, like, I'm just tired of being on camera and being on the podcast. He just gets up and leaves, you know? It's like, I want to adopt that format. Cause or I they, think... they, say some, they say some shit about Jack, and Jack's still in the building. Yeah. So 20 minutes later, he comes in, says something quirky, stays for, like, two topics, and then walks. Yeah. I like that. Well, I mean, because I, I want to try to adopt it because 
I, I would like to have someone have the option of like, hey, you we're doing a podcast recording. If you want to show up, cool, you can show up. You don't have to stay for the whole thing. If you seriously want to show up and sit there, or if you want to be on mic and talk for like, be a part of the conversation for like 10, 15 minutes, and then you got to go if you got more important stuff to do, dude, by all means, do that. You know, I, I just... See, I'm just scared with our group of friends. They're not that, me. They're just gonna show, they're gonna show up and like maybe ten minutes later leave. Every every single person is gonna think they can do the walk, mm-hmm. and that's fine if they staggered it. But no, they would all do it either at the beginning or they would all be late. No, they would all do it at the same time because then they they or they would orchestrate something on show on mic and then get up and leave and do it together. Probably. I wasn't even gonna leave. I'm going to I'm going to get some food. Word. Shoot. I'll go. It's bullshit. <laughs> I'm get some food. Where are you thinking about going? I don't know, man. Maybe thinking about like Jack in the Box. Yeah, I could totally go for it. This is like my my impersonation of like Murph and Ben because I could seriously see them doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could go for so I could go for a burger, maybe a few tacos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then well, they is Jamie working? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Nope. Nope. Not going to that Jack in the Crack unless that if that guy's still on the freaking headset. How are we still good on time? We're at uh, well about one fifteen. Okay, cool. So, Otherwise, I thought it was like, we're getting close to two hour mark. That's how long I've been out of this, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, most of you my, 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 my timing on like, because you, when we were first like in our primes running our shows, it's seriously, you could sit there like, it could feel like it's a three hour talk and you could be like, no, this is more like an hour 20 and you look yeah. at the time and you're like, okay, it might be like a minute or two off. But yeah. Yeah. No, like I've been out of it for a while. <laughs> my like, other other people would walk in and be like, dude, it feels like we were talking for two hours. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, maybe at most hour 15. Hour seventeen, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. So no. yeah. Oh yeah, that's why I was wanted to be sure. Let's go back to the uh, one hundred eighty rule real quick. Okay. Yeah. So when we were learning the one hundred eighty rule, they always it always was kind of built like the easiest diagram they gave us was like um, a stage show for TV. Okay. You know, you have the stage right there, the audience behind you. So everything has to be the, ca- the camera. Of the audience. The, well, you no, know, it's like the cameras can only go so far. Yeah. Because there's an actual little lip of where the, the stage sits on, so that way when the cameras are rolling in, most of the times they just hit that lip and they can't go any further. Gotcha. Because that's oh, that you're on stage. That's a kid. That's a keep it simple, stupid 180 rule right there. Yeah. Put a something physical to where you say no. This is the 180 plane. Don't break this. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and then there's. Once we kind of got that, they went with more like, you're going to be filming on actual sets or, you know, and actual outdoors, actual indoors and cities and neighborhoods, maybe even a room, you know, an actual room, not just a room you built for a TV set. Uh, and so it's like you have to do a, a diagram you where you want your cameras at, where your actor's going to be, and you have to draw a line in between them, and that's your 180. You know, mm-hmm. and if you're going to break the 180, you have to do it in a way that still informs the audience. You don't. Well, like, no, like if you're going to break the 180, you do it at, like in, in, in intervals. You don't just go from one side of the 180 line to the other side. Like if you're going to go break the 180 rule, you have to go from this side of the 180 line to, to then like a 90 degree to then another to, 90 degree. And then pivot around it. Yeah. Like that's the only true way to do that. And so, again, like, if you have time and money and, you know, this, like, the, the, the equipment to manage that stuff, cool. By all means, do that. Uh, the cheap way that I found with shooting stuff is uh, I got it from video games. Mm-hmm. 
You don't. It, whereas everything that you do on set and mo, even in most big budget movies now, is the cameras are here. Everything that's going to be shot is going to be that Over way. There. Yeah. So you're only going to dress that stuff. You know, everything that's going to be within the frame of the camera needs that. Then the camera is going to see needs to be dressed. Yeah. And that's how you do your shots. But it's like okay, but what about this? What about that? You know. So, but when I when we're sitting there, we were doing some of our, our test shots and a few of our stuff to help get more financing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, because he Stephen would sit there and talk about like, well, what about this and like the one eighty rule, and I was like, here's how I just completely do away with the one eighty rule and make this work. Is we're mm-hmm. we're not building sets; we're actually using actual stuff that's in the world. Yeah. So how about we just do it like a video game where seriously, there's a camera. That's the player's point of view. And everywhere in the world, it's already dressed up as part of the world. You can set the camera up anywhere and get whatever angle you want. Mm-hmm. Do it that way. Like just imagine it that way. There's no 180 at that point. Just seriously do your storytelling. And you're just moving around the world because whatever the camera sees is going to be part of that world. Makes sense to me. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, even if you could do it like a big budget, like, movie, I'd have to see it in practice. But it makes sense in theory. Yeah, like, because like I said, usually they're like cameras here on a tripod, or cameras mm-hmm. here on a dolly, and we're gonna do like a running, or we're, we're gonna do a a, a steady cam shot of a running sequence, and we're gonna be running backwards. Camera person gonna be running backwards because yeah. characters are running this way. Yeah. So everything the camera sees from here going back needs to be dressed. But, you know, like, what if something happens and the camera happens to go a little bit this side? Whoop, there's, like, stage crew people there. There's yeah. lights here, you know? But that's why I'm like, what if you just take all that and just make it part of the world? Like, you know, like, if you, you just use natural lighting most times. There's nothing wrong with natural lighting. You can even do it in post to where it doesn't, it looks like you've had yeah. lights light set there. There are ways you can cheat a lot of it, especially if you're on a budget. Yeah, and so it's like, so even if we need some lights to get like act as fills, like cool, just get someone to hold the damn thing like right behind the camera be, or just in the angle that we need and then just move with it because mm-hmm. we're just adjusting something that's part of a bigger world. Your brain, you don't need to worry about a 180 rule at that point. Yeah. Because anything you see is already set for that shot in that world. Like, I'm thinking more like uh, like one of the shots we were talking about was a graveyard sequence. Because he was like, I want this shot of the graveyard. But there's a 180 rule. The 180 lines here can't cross it. Like, no, we can't totally cross it. Because there's no matter which angle we get, there's, there's gravestones here. There's gravestones here. There's gravestones here. There's a mausoleum behind us. We can completely go anywhere we want to in this area. And it will still show we're in mm-hmm. a graveyard. <laughs> you know? That's why I was like, I put that into practice. Like, let's just do it from the 180 rule. The camera is just the audience. Is in the world. No, it's not in the world, but it's just... It's the player, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's already dressed. You just put the player in there, and whatever the player decides to look at, it's there. Yeah. You know? Like, it's it's cheap. It's works well in practice if you can just do it right. But yeah, that's that's used, that's how I broke that. And now I just think outside of that, that way. We could just dress everything around it, even if it's just minute stuff. Boom. We don't got to worry about it. Yeah. Because well, there, there, there's still the... Because uh, it's also better than just doing, let's dress it this way because we're getting this angle. Yeah. Well, and there, now we're going to reshoot it and we're going to do this that, angle. That's for settings, but there, there's still the the theory of the 180 rule for uh, setting up characters in the audience's mind of saying one character is going from right to left and the other one's going from left to right. And you keep that 
so that even if they move around the room, you keep one going left to right, one going right to left, so that you can. It, it feels like that conversation is still happening. It's there's still there's still that part of the one the one eight the one eighty rule will always be needed for interviews. Yes, and for some um, a lot of dialogue. Uh, it depends, because if you just want to keep it bare bones, then yeah, use the one eighty rule for dialogue. If you just want to be a little bit artistic about it, you can do away with the one eighty rule and still just do dialogue and just do it how you want. Yeah. Like you could sit there and just have like a shot that just popped into my mind would be like two people walking down the hall towards each other. Uh, one like you, you get them, you know, so you know one person's walking from left to right, one person walking from right to left, and they're both lit up the same. Mm-hmm. But if you want to sit there and show one of them's evil, then you could just quickly show the one of those characters walking in the opposite direction, but that part of them is not lit. Yeah. Well, the scene I was talking about. While the is, other uh, person is still. Walking the same way, but they're lit up, even no matter which way you shoot. But I was going to say, it is, it's, it's the artistic vision and how you execute it that yeah. you can do away with. It well, so th- there was a scene in Gettysburg uh, where they're holding, where the. What year did Gettysburg come out? Huh? What year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like early 90s, late 80s? Yeah. Because I was like, that's not, that like the 180 rule and a lot of di- and a lot of artistic interpretation. Yeah. Well, uh, came about. You around the time of digital. Well, so, like so, late... so, so this was a scene where the Yanks were holding a hill, and they in pretty much every shot. Didn't I watch the last part of it with you? Probably, probably. But, but in every shot, they were usually set up up high and on the right. Ninety three, and the uh, Confederates, the rebels, were coming from bottom left, and they kept that. You know. Mostly, if they, were, if they were looking towards the Rebels, they always looked inwards, and Rebels would always look upwards, kind of thing. And then there was just one shot, and I don't know why they did it. I get it, sort of, but it was just one shot where now it's, we're, we're the Rebels going up to the hill. But it was weird, because they also had, you could see the Yanks, but then you had the Rebels cross past, the, it was a weird shot. I was like, that, that broke the... That broke the continuity for me. As long as you're not iron fisting it, you're fine. Yeah. Well, look, it, it was basically... I know, but I, I'm making... The, the, I, was it that one fight yeah. scene in Iron Fist that was just they tried they, they tried to do, like, the raid or fucking... They did too much. Well, Literally what's, did what's, too much. What's the, the movie? The raid? Where was the the Japanese movie where, like, the SWAT yeah, team well, there's, to go there's and... a raid, but there's... No, uh, so... They made a American version of it with the guy who plays Thanos. Shepard? Not Shepard. Man, okay, yeah. Uh, Jeff, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, where it was like a guy who was locked up in a hotel for like seven, eight years. and But it, you, it was I'm, I'm, li- I'm, I'm listening to you, but I'm also, since I just said that, I was like, what would Jeff Bridges be like <laughs> as Thanos? <laughs> It'd just be the dude as Thanos. Like, not so angry, but just like a little more stern. <laughs> dude, uh, we, we just... We just need things to be balanced, man. Like, <laughs> come on, man. I know. There's a old boy. Here. Old boy. Oh, old boy. The the American remake. Yeah, but there's still that scene, and each one where he's in a hallway and they're fighting, and they kind of loop around it, but they do it well. They know what they're doing. Yeah, Iron Fist. I, I saw the scene you're talking about. It's it's. I saw just a clip of it on YouTube, and yeah, it was. 
I had a headache. Yep. <laughs> now you like not even watching the full thing, like twenty seconds into it, I'm like, oh lord, no. Yeah, especially when you have like fifteen different video essays about how to do a good action shot, and half of it's don't do shaky cam. Hold, so, actually, show them being punched for a bit. How about that? I'm doing. Uh, I'm trying to implement something that you that is always ringing in my head after you said it on a game night. Oh dear. And, no, it's uh. That everything's information. Yeah, all things are information. Yes. It's still one of my like favorite smart things I've ever said. Yeah. <laughs> Get on a shirt. Get on a plaque. Anyway, um, but and so whenever we're because we're filming a horror movie. Yeah. And so Steven's like, well, what about you know we could want to do this? I was like, yeah, but. What if we just do it this? All things are information. Place things a certain way, but don't really... Pa- pass, just leave them there passively. Don't point them out. Don't allude to them. Don't, like, shine a spotlight on them. Just you have know? them there. But also just don't do, like, dramatic irony because that's, that kills a lot of people. Like, the killer's behind them and everyone's yelling, run, 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 why don't you run, you dumb well, bitch. bitch. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, that's dramatic irony and it, it falls on deaf ears now with a lot of people because mm-hmm. a lot of people start to have that it's mentality of... yeah. So it's like, what if you just, seriously, all things are information. Don't put the information out there. If you want them to have a jump scare like the actress is going to have in just a minute, Yeah. don't, uh, I mean, the suspicion should be built, but it's now we're at that age where that suspicion, uh, was it suspension? Uh, see, suspicion, see, it, it's just, it, it doesn't it, work. It used to be that horror films could use drama techniques. That's basically what it was. It was a drama technique. It was the, uh, wow, the, who, who wrote the birds? Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock. It was a Hitchcock lesson of, uh, of drama, of uh, suspension. Moment. Yeah, of suspense. Was of suspense where we know there's a bomb under the table, but we also know that the people at the table don't know that. That causes drama. That causes thing. And horror was basically stealing that, mm-hmm. and using a very basic version of that. Of we know the killer's there, we see him, but the person doesn't. But it leaned too much on that so much that is now a horror trope when things okay i buffered against it i didn't want to watch it i try to make every excuse not to and then you maybe watch cabin in the woods and i loved it so when you break horror tropes or you lean into them so much it becomes meta that's fine because now you're you're either rewarding us for feeling the way we do or you're not holding her hand. Yeah. Either one of those two things is fine. But if you if you go, hey, this is where the jump scare comes, we, we hate you. It just it no. Mm-hmm. Like that that's still one of my great my thing. When, that's not one of my favorites. It is probably like top ten. It's not gonna be like in the top five. Yeah. Just because there's a lot of other movies that I like a lot more than that, but it's yeah. still up there. It's like one of to me one of the greatest horror it is, movies. It ever is made. really well because, put together movie. Because it was like a love letter to fans. Yep. Like you said, it 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 awarded us for rewarded us for paying attention for watching it for knowing these things. That elevator scene is just the greatest thing in the world too. Even yeah. like even though I know it comes up, I still get goosebumps while seeing that elevator scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, that, that's just the power of Joss Whedon. Yeah. So for those who don't know, we can probably get into it on a different time. But I I love your telling of the where. The information, everything is information bit came from. So if you want to tell a little bit of it, or just the cliff notes. Uh, I'll just tell people where, where 
what we were doing when it came out. Okay. Because I, I think because I always think back to that as it explains everything best. It really does. Uh, we were playing Coup. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily, and it was a game. Coup is a game where you get two cards, and you only know what two cards you got, and those two cards have certain abilities, but no one knows what you have, so you can either play legit and just play the way that your two cards let you play. Or you can bluff and play the way because you have a little cheat sheet of what the other there, cards there, can there do. There are five roles of who you can be. Yeah, you get two of them and you can act in those roles, but no one knows which ones you have. So you can bluff and act like you have any card until someone calls you on it. Yeah, and one way that Brian always wins is because he pays attention to like not just how people are playing, what cards people are abilities people are choosing to play, but how they act, how they're you know monitoring and checking make sure that they can't get called on anything yep and so it's and one time someone asked how is he so good at that and he just straight up said all things are information and they kind of looked at him like what like you know they like seriously went in one ear like all, all things are information not just the fact okay you could play this card you can act like that. That's information. Well, no, because the person uh, mistakenly, I think it was like their third time playing with us that yeah. night, but they mistakenly did three different role abilities and they only have two cards. Yeah. And so you're like, oh no, one of those BS. I'm calling you out. And sure enough, you got them. But they're like, how do you know when I'm, I'm BSing? <laughs> but how do you know I was BSing that one and not the one from earlier? It was like, well, because you were more confident earlier. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Well, like you didn't have to check your cards. You went off of it you were you felt good you were waiting for someone to call you it's like nah no don't worry about it and the fact that when you played that role these two people flinched that's because they have that role and there are only three of those cards so the fact that two people already have that card you probably do have that card don't you yeah we do see (laughs) kind of thing and that's what you said all things are information after that it's like i was i think back to every time that we play something i'm like Action is information, but inaction is also information. Yeah, uh, and then not only that, it's not just inaction and action, but it's also like certain cues. Yep. Action, inaction, like reaction tails. to. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's, yeah, so it's like even like that's that's when it's just like okay, start looking at everything, and that's when I start. There's some movies that actually implement that and don't know they implement it. Yeah. And I, it makes me love them even more. <laughs> but then there's some movies where I'm like, they should have just implemented that. And it would have made it a lot better. Granted, it's still good. But they just, no. We're just going to kind of like feed it to you. Yep. Uh, but there are some movies. I was going to get back to this too. Uh, that we learned this in film school. And not every movie does it. But the ones okay. that do do it, they do it so subtly that it, it gets overlooked a lot. Uh, the main one being Brightburn, because we just watched it a few weeks ago. Okay. Matter of fact, the week that you uh, you first recorded your first episode. Yeah. Uh, Happy was like, we're thinking about doing a podcast. I was like, cool, I just, I'm at the movie theater, you know, should be heading back. Me and Steve are going to have a few beers. I should be free. Not a few beers, should into a few more beers. Yeah. We went to the loft. They closed early. We went to Bit Bar. Um, but there was, I think it's within like the first six minutes of the movie they have one of those moments where it describes the movie and what his character and his race are and then that's it it's such a subtle passing thing that if you really weren't looking for it you miss it yep and it's just like I like that yeah uh should I spoil it (laughs) 
No. Because, I mean, it's not really like a spoiler in the movie, but I'm just saying, like, should I spoil, like, what he says? Mm, I do. Brightburn is actually one I, I do want to watch. I know, I say that a lot. <laughs> I mean, no, it was actually really good. That's that's the one with but, the kid, right? Yeah, but it was, it's one of those, it, did, it was good, but it was not what I thought it was going to be. It felt more, it had more of the pacing of uh, Unbreakable. Okay. Yeah. So if you like Unbreakable, you might like the pacing of Brightburn. Fair enough. Yeah, because it, I mean, it had moments where it hit, and it hit. But it in between those, it just felt like it was a slow burn leading to a big explosion. Huh. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it later, just in case there's anybody on the podcast who doesn't want to. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Any other questions? <laughs> um, yeah. Why be on Underachiever Studios podcast? Because it's, it's honestly, like, very fun just hanging out with you guys. <laughs> fair uh we don't get to hang out enough as is so to just be a part be around you guys even if i don't just get to say anything just still just being part of the atmosphere is always fun uh and plus you're what you're like so like maybe three friend groups mm-hmm. uh the the bar friends who you know people right the i'm friends with at the loft and bit bar yeah uh friends like i've known for a while like raul and all them mm-hmm. each of them have their own benefits you guys are the the group that I can talk movie stuff, nerd stuff, movie stuff, uh, music stuff, TV shows, video games, and we can have legit conversations. Not just talk about gameplay and how much fun it is. But yeah. We can have legit conversations about lore, theory. If I have any questions about stuff that's not in my wheelhouse, like I, I one of us knows. Yeah, like especially with the comics, anime, uh, kung fu films. Like if it's just like. I, I could ask a dumb question, and you guys can tell when I'm just asking a dumb questions to ask a dumb question. Yeah. But, you know, when I do ask a dumb question, and you guys are like, oh, no, he really wants to know the answer, you guys actually give me, like, not necessarily like a TLDR, but also not like a full-blown essay on it's it It's like, either. okay, you didn't mean to ask a dumb question. You just don't know how to ask it. Is this what you want to know? Yeah. Okay. Short version, this, this, and this. Do you want to know more? Yeah, because most of the time when I'm asking, I'm asking like from a casual fan perspective, and it's like I it's, and yeah, it's usually me just asking from that and not knowing that there's a more in depth uh, way to ask to the specific answer I, I'm trying to get. Yeah, because I'm like oh, I didn't know uh, there's also other sort of stuff that feeds into it. Yeah, it's like oh 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 no oh you're actually asking well okay it's a character choice because of this and this which was informed because of something in the past that relates to this uh, we can get more into that if you want. Is basically how that conversation goes. And also, like you, uh, like you told me one time too. Uh, there's nothing spectacular about Iron Man, <laughs> but there's something spectacular about Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know. And see, and that's what like I, I can kind of do that with my other groups of friends, but once I hit their limit on certain things, like they just kind of already give you those signs, like you know, yeah, I'm just gonna just agree with you with whatever you're saying, just because I'm waiting for another topic to come on. Yep. And whereas with you guys, we could do that, but we can also just, we know how to steer a conversation and still kind of flow like We, we can jump topic to topic, but if we need to say something, nah, nah, we ain't, we ain't letting that part of the conversation go. Yeah. We, we are not letting you walk away uninformed right now. <laughs> and so like on my podcast, you know, I sometimes I'd have one friend from this group and one friend from this group, 
and I'm trying to sit there and have a conversation where everyone's kind of included because that's what a podcast pretty much is. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes it, it most of the times it would just kind of fall flat, you know, because it's like yeah, like hey, you want to know, ask questions, or you want to like just sit there and listen, but then also feel free to chime in, like oh well, I thought this, and then most of the times they don't want to chime in. Yeah, and so that's why I was like that when you said you were doing a podcast and we started showing up more. That's why I like being a part of it because it's like, one, I could be my personality, whatever. I don't yep. worry about moderating, doing all the big boy stuff. But two, I could seriously just have really good conversation with stuff that I know that can just, it can go completely anywhere, any yeah. point in time and still be on par with what I want to know and what I want to talk about. Cool. Mm. I think that's about it. Well, it's weird. Yours was more in depth on some things. But not as in-depth in other things as the other uh, one-on-ones were, just because we went off a little bit. Uh, I guess that's just because we've, we've basically had this conversation a few times now. We, we're veterans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had this conversation. We've, we've had this conversation. Like four times. Uh, I think we've had like two in-depth ones for each of us. And then like we had a two. Pod, we, we did one that just turned into that on like yep. National Podcast Day. Yep. And this is the fourth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, bus. Uh, we, we, yeah, we've had practice. We've had practice at this. Uh, so this has We been... know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> we're, you're, we you're... are casters. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Doug, you were originally wanting to put that on uh, on an Extra Life shirt. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. We still, still want to talk more about Extra Life. That's another thing. Uh, this has been Jarrell. And this has been Blado Austin Guy, a.k.a. Still Here. <laughs> and we will see you on the other side. Later.